Welcome back to the Oklahoma Sports Extra podcast. Eli Letterman with Eric Bailey, just ahead of the 2023 OU spring game. Uh, Eric, you've so graciously offered to break down the, the scoring system that they're going to be using. So I'll turn it over to you. The uh, the oh. alternate offense, defense, This is you, you got it, right? You got the full yeah, breakdown. you got the floor. The only thing <laughs> I thought about this scoring system, and Britton Venables mentioned it yesterday, is why does the offense get points for punting the football? I mean, you get you could get two you get two automatic points for punting the football. So I don't know. I, I thought Brent put the scoring system together, but it sounds like he doesn't know who put the scoring system together too. But it, it is. It's a fair way to, uh, to to really have a competition. Yet I know you, me, everyone in the press box, everyone in the stands. We're going to need some kind of legend of, okay, what does that play mean? How many points uh, is this going to count? So I feel sorry for the scoreboard operator and whoever's next to him trying to figure this out. Well, for the uninitiated, OU on what, Tuesday, Eric, they released uh, kind of out of the blue uh, a scoring system for an offense's, offense versus defense spring game. So a bit different from your traditional, you know, just split squad, red versus white game. It's going to be offense versus defense and not only is it a funky scoring system where you'll get X for, for making a field goal or, you know, Y for an interception on defense, but the scoring has already started. They're doing, uh, after practice this week, they've been doing things. I know one of the events was a 40-yard dash that had, uh, in, in one case, Austin Stogner, I think, racing James Skalski, the, the grad assistant. I think Gail Chavis got involved in a race at one point. So there's already points on the board. And, and as you said, Brent Venables uh, himself, has taken issue with some of the things in the in the scoring criteria. So clearly it wasn't all him, um, but it'll be a, a little bit of a different look. But I do think if you're an OU fan and you're just coming to want to see these guys, you know, the, the newcomers or or the freshmen or even, you know, just another year of, of Dylan Gabriel or whoever else, you're still going to see that. And that's that's what's important. I mean, it's a spring game. And Brent Reynolds himself said it yesterday. Don't put too much into what you see. Um, and we've got to underscore that when, when we've got uh, – when we're talking again on Sunday or Monday, Eric, and there's a uh, a, a big performer from the spring game. But it, it should be exciting. We're going to get a look at a lot of new guys, and uh, we'll see how many folks show up to uh, tomorrow in, in Norman. You know, you talk about that, and that's a big thing. Everyone's going to be watching Jackson Arnold. That's just a given. Everyone's going to say, oh, wow, look how good he is, or, oh, wow, I, I thought he was better than that. You can't do that after one scrimmage. This is just a really vanilla scrimmage where they're going to get to throw the ball around. And you got to admit, Jackson Arnold is going to be nervous. That's that's a given. There's going to be butterflies. I know he's a big-time performer, but this is the first time in the Oklahoma jersey in front of thousands and thousands of fans. And he knows all eyes are on him going into this. He's embraced that challenge. But yet, you got to remember, this is a kid, and we say it all the time, should still be in high school right now, should be wrapping up and getting ready for prom and graduation. Yet he's, he's trying to digest a, a playbook that was foreign to him just a couple of months ago. So the big thing for fans is not to put too much weight on what Jackson Arnold does. Uh, you know, I think uh, when people looked at Arch Manning down at Texas in the game, people were really putting too much, oh, look at that throw, or how bad was that throw? Well, Arch Manning's in the same boat. He shouldn't really be playing right now. He came early, learning a new playbook and such. Same thing for Jackson Arnold. you got to really be patient with him. I think we'll see next fall camp and, and in next season where he's at. But for fans, this is an opportunity to watch this quarterback uh, throw the football around, just to see him in person. And, and, and it's good for Jackson, and it's good for the fans. And 
again, it's going to be, I'm excited about seeing him throw too. And, but remember, you know, sometimes these things go good. Uh, Baker Mayfield, when he played his first spring ball, he didn't, he didn't miss a pass the first time. That's the first time we saw him. And, and I think that's not the norm. Uh, he was a, a, a non, uh, he wasn't a true freshman. He was a transfer, but to see him go out there and perform like he did, Kyler Murray, same way. Uh, we were excited going into those games to see those two perform. And that's kind of the same excitement feel I get with Jackson Arnold. Yeah, and I mean, same will go for for Peyton Bowen and for PJ Adebowale, Caden Green. I mean, guys, I'm confident we'll see, but, you know, Brent Venable said it. It's just another practice. Watch it that way. Watch it as though you're watching just another practice. Um, and it might be the case for, for some of the newcomers from the portal or even, you know, guy, guys have bad practices. And so if uh, whether it's a four-year vet or someone who's fresh in their first game at, at Oklahoma Memorial Stadium, there might be guys who, who have different kinds of days. but um, let's, Eric, move to the injury report. Probably the, the biggest bit of news we got yesterday from Brent Venables surrounded Marcus Major, who we haven't seen a lot on the field in recent weeks. Sounds like he, he termed it a, a small hand fracture that will keep him out for the spring game, but not much beyond it. Uh, and, and, you know, that comes already with Javante Barnes having had some surgery this spring. And, and so that makes makes for an interesting running back group tomorrow, especially given, you know, another reason maybe they went for this new format. We know the offensive line is banged up, but the running back room is as well. So not having to split them up gives them, you know, a quote, a quote unquote, a full running back room to work with. I think you'll see a lot of Gavin Sawchuk. Uh, there should be opportunities for Caleb Hicks and Dalen, Dalen Smothers, the freshman. Uh, Brent Venable's name dropped uh, Tawi Walker as well. So we will see who uh, who's kind of leading the way out of the backfield. I bet it'd be Gavin Sawchuk. But Eric, there's couple guys banged up around, and I think we're going to see a bit of that tomorrow. I think so. Yeah, you're right. And, and you know, you mentioned the offensive line. Walter Rouse is the, the – I think next year he's going to be the impact player, not maybe on that offensive line, but the whole team. And, we, you know, we hadn't seen him play. You had a chance to talk to him yesterday a little bit. Um, he's one, Jacob Sexton. Yeah, you mentioned the offensive line being banged up, but this is an opportunity. That's how the, what these players have to embrace. That's what Gavin Solchuk needs to embrace. This is not only a chance, you know, you got guys out, but this is your time to shine. And those freshmen as well, Smothers and Hicks, that's a good way for them to really, uh, like Jackson Arnold, to get, get their feet wet and get there and play and perform. And you never know when you're guaranteed opportunities to play. This is a guaranteed opportunity to play, and you may have to make the most of it. And I think that there's going to be a lot of weight and what happens, same with the offensive line, uh, players, you know, filling in spots. This is a chance to to really, you know, show what what you're like when when the lights are on. When you know, there's told me no lights at two thirty in the afternoon, but when when there's fans in the stands, this is a chance to show how what you can prove, what you can do when there's a little bit more intensity, a little bit more uh, meaning to. Again, it's just a practice, but it, it's big time. And you know, uh, and we talked about this before we came on. Some of the defensive players, the one player uh, out that I would have liked to have seen is Robert Spears Jennings, the Broken Arrow uh, high school grad. I, he's nothing but really good re reviews from him uh, early in the spring. Uh, had some surgery to clean some things up, but he's going to be back for fall, and that was the goal is to get him back for the fall. So he's probably the only defensive player that I, I wanted to see that'll be out. Um, and, and then it's, it's curious, Jaden Rowe's going to be out, the cornerback from Union, uh, but he went through drills. They're just, you know, being cautious with him after shoulder surgery last year, really being cautious. He's going to be full go probably this summer, uh, but they, you know, they're taking their time with him, of course. And uh, I want to see what Trace Ford, if they're going to play him any, what, what he's going to do. That's someone that could be very, very important to this Oklahoma team. Yeah, we know Trace Ford began camp kind of limited and he comes with a, a, a trail of, of injury history from Stillwater. But like you said, 
if he's healthy and effective for this defense, that that changes a whole lot. And so the first look at him in an Oklahoma uniform may well be tomorrow afternoon in Norman. But Eric, you know, this time last year, we were prepping for Brent Venables' first spring game. You had all the juice of a new coaching staff and a new look program, all the juice of uh, the, the Lincoln Riley saga uh, only five months earlier. And something like, what, 75,000 OU fans showed up? I'm curious what tomorrow will look like, what the energy is in terms of, of ticket sales, uh, in terms of we know, you know, there's the Kyler Murray statue ceremony. Sounds like a good handful of former players and alumni will be on hand. I'm very curious to see if they can keep that momentum. And Brent Venables really um, emphasized the importance of that. We know how big the spring game was last year in terms of recruiting. I mean, if, if, if we want to talk about how the, the game on the field only means so much, the environment and all that from a recruiting standpoint uh, has been proven. The coaching staff has, has mentioned it. You know, you hear it from the recruits. They felt it last year. So this, this remains important in that, in that sense. And I'm, I'm curious uh, about what the environment will be like tomorrow. You know, it's funny. Last year, it was uh, <laughs> last year was a perfect storm when you think about it. Uh, Brent Venable's first year, he had spent the year pumping up everything. And then you get Baker Mayfield, one of the most beloved Man. players to wear a, a, an Oklahoma jersey comeback. Everything came together last year. And that's why you had the sellout. That's why you had 75,000. That's why you had the biggest spring crowd in college football. What's going to happen Saturday? That's going to be curious. I think, you know, after coming off a six and seven season uh, with Kyler Murray, who's, who's, who has juice, but not the pizzazz of Baker Mayfield. So I'm kind of curious what's what's going to happen in the stands. Let me ask you this. Let's, have, let's play a little game here. Mm -hmm. we'll, put, we'll put a put a drink on, on the line here. Give me your give me your yeah. guess. Give me your guess on attendance. Let's say 65.5. That's a good number. I'm going to go 58. So I'm going to go, uh, yeah, go, uh, so, yeah, go a little lower. Uh, and, and you know what? It, was, it wasn't long ago when this program was celebrating 50,000 fans on a spring game. I mean, they yeah. made it was a huge deal. So the fact that I think I might probably be a little low at 58, and uh, I really like your number, 65.5. I, I I think that's probably we'll probably meet somewhere in the middle though. I'll bet you anything. We'll see. I would bet so. I mean, it'll be somewhere around sixty-two, and then we'll have to do some. Maybe we'll consult the scoring guide for the the tiebreaker on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll do a test to see who knows it better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you talk about the recruits. There's going to be a ton of recruits. This is a huge recruiting weekend. I remember last year after the game, uh, we didn't get Brent Venables in the media room for over an hour after the game because he was glad handing every recruit that made it. So I think the schedule is kind to the reporters. I know no one cares about what you should care about our day but Brent Vittles is going to go last that's going to allow him to yeah. go uh you know we'll talk to players talk to coordinators that'll allow Brent Vittles to go and make the most of all these uh recruits coming in uh the one recruit I mean there's a ton of four-star recruits coming in the one recruit everyone's going to keep an eye on is David Stone he's the defensive tackle in the 24 class uh, Michigan State's making a big run for him Oklahoma's making a big run for him he's at IMG but he's an Oklahoma kid uh oh he's from you know Oklahoma City area I think that that's the player to watch I that's the one I think when when fans see him people will recognize him you can't miss him he's a defensive tackle uh, but that's the kind of players that Oklahoma needs to impress. I, and there's a ton of other recruits that will be there, but this players like him are the ones you need to get, and that's where the atmosphere, what it's going to be like, uh, that's going to play a big factor. And he, he, he knows what it's like. been at Oklahoma. He's a familiar with Oklahoma, but to actually be on the field, look in the stands, uh, feel welcomed. We'll see how that happens, what happens there. 
yeah, he is the the top guy. And you're talking about the number two defensive tackle in, in the class, seventh overall recruit. Um, and you, you said it right. You can't miss him. 6'4", 270. He's the the big guy on defense for this 24 class. And, you know, here's, here's Brent Venables last night just talking about, you know, the question was sort of centered around, does the spring game attendance matter to recruiting? And he said, it's very large. What's the largest that's large? It's at the top of the Richter scale. And again, environments matter. Guys want to come and play in a championship type of environment where it's passionate. People are passionate. There's intensity. There's an expectation, high standards, support. And this is an opportunity for us to show we're an uncommon program. And he went on and on with that. But really was, you know, he, he, I, you know he, he'd be the first to tell you how important last spring was. And so replicating that in any way they can from the attendance to the, the alumni that are back. I mean, I, I think that was the thing last year. And again, you had that perfect storm. You had Kyler, you had an offseason that felt like almost a reclamation for the program, right, of, of yeah. bringing Oklahoma back to what it is. But if they can keep that going, that was the thing that really jumped out to me were all the people that were back last year and making that some sort of annual tradition of a strong alumni presence on those days, that can't hurt the recruiting. And I, I think that's what Brent Venables is hoping for this weekend. I agree. And, you know, it's funny, we were just – I was downstairs a couple of days ago – uh, wait for interviews, and I was with Barry Trammell and Ryan Aver for the Oklahoma, and we were just talking, and Joe C. walked by, uh, came and talked to us for a little bit, and one thing he mentioned, uh, and he just kind of shook his head when he said it, he said, we have a ton of former players coming back, and you could see it in his eyes. He really appreciates uh, that they are back in the fold. I don't know if in the past year or the, the old coach, if it was like that or not, but you see all these players, you see it on social media, all of them are saying, I'll be back for the game, I'll be back for the game. It's almost like reunion weekend, for these for these players this is a, something they circle on their calendar and that's what you want if you're Oklahoma you want those reunion weekends you want you want them to come back and feel welcome you know they're the part that made this program what it is they're the part of the or a big part of the reason why there's 60 70,000 uh, plus in the stands for a spring game so I, I think that's special to Oklahoma it has a lot of meaning uh you know it starts with coach Switzer coach Switzer you know he, he's the one that paved the way uh, in the 70s for where they're at now over the past 50 years. And so that's the exciting thing is, you know, even the younger fans are going to get to see their the current players and their heroes there. The older fans are going to see some of the older players and, and relive their memories too. So just a fun day and kind of looking forward to that. So Eric, we'll have a spring game tomorrow. Then they'll kind of cut loose. Uh, they'll hit kind of that next portal window, which, you know, Brent Venable said he was asked, you know, do you have a sense of what you want to target there? He said, yes, I won't tell you. But you'll have a sense. You'll 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 get a sense of it, presumably in the moves they make. And um, you know, we've already seen two guys leave this week: Jaden Davis and Corey Robertson hitting the portal. Surely you'll see probably a few more Sooners, um, maybe in similar positions, heading out. And uh, and then they're going to try to add. And I, I do think there's a couple spots that they'll, they they should target. But we'll we'll get to that in the weeks to come. Looking over to Lloyd Noble Center and hoops. Finally, for, for the OU men, some additions this week. I guess, first and foremost, despite, you know, it's been evident for a few weeks, but Armand Gates, they made his hiring official, uh, kind of completing Porter's staff of, of assistance, um, a, a job that, I guess, from a permanent standpoint, has been open since Matt Brady left last fall. Um, but Armand Gates, I mean, he worked with Porter at Loyola Chicago, has, has been around Nebraska, Northwestern, uh, Oregon most recently known as a strong recruiter, a developer of guards, which should excite people, I think, with Lo Suzanne uh, and Otego Owe hitting year two. But far more importantly, I think, to, to most people, 
Right, the Sooners are finally on the board in, in the transfer portal area. They've got a couple of guys in. Um, they're now down to four scholarships available uh, after with, with Sienna's Javion McCollum, a, a kind of rangy, like athletic scoring guard. I think your, your Grant Sherfield replacement. And uh, John Hughley coming from Pitt, six foot nine, big offensive rebounder. I don't know that they can say that they're done yet in terms of bringing in size because they really need uh, to, to restock there. But he, he's a good first step. And um, I, I think for for all the talk around, you know, the Sooners were, were quiet. These are two good early ads, and it'll be interesting to see what they do from here. They, they still have work to do. Hughley is the type of player that Oklahoma really hasn't had, not only under Porter, but under Lawn. You just didn't have that type of player. You, you know, you had Brady Maddock playing in the middle, and, you know, Brady Maddock goes to North Carolina and does so many different way, different things because he wasn't having to stick down low and could have flowed around a little bit. And you see the final year that he had, and, and, and you remember how well he played at Oklahoma. So I think that guys like that are what Oklahoma needs. People were getting concerned. And, you know, there was so much Porter move, uh, Porter movement, portal <laughs> movements. It's a hard, yeah, hard to keep those two words to, off. There was so much portal movement and that people were, were probably worried about Porter Mosier and what was happening at Oklahoma. Now you're starting to see those moves. You, you really need to build that roster. It's incredible how much movement there was. I saw a tweet, I think yesterday, what, six power five schools haven't had any movement at all. And only six, and everybody else has quarter. I mean, it's everyone's moving around. So, uh, as soon as the season ends, you, if you're a basketball coach, things don't slow down. I mean, you, they, if anything, they get faster because of all the roster turnover. So, uh, and again, we've talked about this in the past. Porter Mosier is a good basketball coach. He he really is. He knows his stuff. We know that. But it's just trying to get the the right players in and, and dealing with this. It's something new to him, new to a lot of these coaches. So I think that was big. Uh, that you're starting to see the signs of what's going to happen. Um, yeah. Go ahead. It, it, it's funny that I, I think, you know, at, at points in January, February, March, you would have heard OU fans saying they, they would love it to have seen this team turn over completely, right? Yeah. And then in the first two weeks of April, you see that. They, 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 they're down eight guys from a year ago, and then the panic sets in. Um, but, but to your point, I mean, they've, they've maybe got their Grant Shurfield replacement, and then they've got a big man who can hit the offensive boards and score a bit doing some of the things that that maybe, you know, they, they struggled with in the past. I mean, the offensive rebounding element, Porter Moser banged that drum all last year. And, you know, Tanner Groves, Jalen Hill, that wasn't the skill set. And Sam Godwin was the only guy with more than uh, with 1.5 uh, offensive rebounds per game. John Hughley in his best season at Pitt, 2.69 second in the SC, uh, ACC. That's it's got to be about the the right profile of player, but then the guys that are doing the things they haven't done, and so I, I, perhaps they're on their way there. They've got more work to do. But Eric on the women's side, one big impact addition, at least uh, crossing the bedlam lines, official yesterday. It's funny because we're going to have some juicy storylines in football with Trace Ford. Now we've got Lexi Keys, who was a three-year starter for Oklahoma State. Uh, her move to Oklahoma made official. A uh, picture on the OU website of her and Jenny Branchek smiling huge in her in an OU jersey. And uh, it's interesting to see how the portal works because these are guys, you know, players that OU fans were cheering against just a couple of months ago. 
And now you see them and you're welcoming them with open arms. So it's just interesting. Lexi Keys brings a lot of experience to the women's program. This is, we talk about roster turnover. Uh, Jenny Branchek has uh, roster turnover, not by choice, but by graduation, by losing those three players, Anna Lanusa, uh, Taylor Robertson, and Maddie Williams. And she needs to refill that roster. Uh, I think that Lexi Keys is a real familiar face to a lot. Uh, she had some of her best games against Oklahoma. We mentioned it. She had a 20-point game against Oklahoma one year. She had another game. She had a 12-rebound contest. So she can rebound as well as shoot the basketball. I think that, you know, it's hard to compare her to Taylor Robertson. I don't think anyone can be really compared to her. But I think that Lexi brings that perimeter game that Jenny Branchek really enjoys. Uh, and, and the key thing in, in this move is it's an Oklahoma kid. She's from Tahlequah Sequoia High School. I think that that's something that Oklahoma, uh, Jenny Branchek really wants to do. She wants to keep the best players in state, and that's the key. And this is a big in-state player that they're trying to keep. So uh, there's still move. There's still work to do in, in helping build that roster in Oklahoma. But this was a big, big pickup for the Sooners. And you know, Jenny would have seen plenty of Lexi Keys, uh, whether it was in the Big Twelve tournament uh, or in the, her two seasons here. Um, and, and anyone who's watched OSU and, and what she's done, there's no debating just the positives. Uh, she kind of does everything. And so the, the, when you're rebuilding a roster, those are the kind of players you need. And then to your point, keeping that Oklahoma pipeline strong um, seems to be pretty central to what Jenny wants to do. Eric, OU softball. <laughs> They've got a trip to see the only team that's tripped them up this year, uh, this weekend. I think the winning streak, I think it's 31 games now. I'm losing track of how many games they've won in a row. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. We're going to Baylor. Four to three loss in a non-conference game. Uh, Baylor celebrated like they won the World Series after a regular season one-run one run win. Uh, and I think that's stuck in the minds of this Oklahoma softball team who is playing so, so well now. It's just incredible what this program is continues to put together. Uh, but yeah, I think the revenge factor, I, I just get a feel that these Oklahoma players, they're not going to be happy with just sweeping the Bears. They want, they want, they want revenge. And 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 we you talk about poking the bear, you talk about things like that. Uh I'm really curious to see how they react, how they respond. If game one Oklahoma tries to do too much. I think that's the key. They're going to be so anxious to play. It's going to be really keeping your emotions in check. Uh, this is an Oklahoma team again if you're following them, they had five, what, five players on the uh, players, national players of the year watch, including their pitching staff, three pitchers. That's kind of unprecedented to have three pitchers on the player of the year staff, but that's where Oklahoma is. So uh, I'm really curious to see how the, the Sooners react to this weekend. And uh, beyond this weekend, I think we'll talk again after the fact they go to Wichita State on Tuesday, who is playing really well. They're, they're beating uh, OSU a couple of times now. They got another win and they go to, they come to Tulsa. And after the Wichita State game, uh, it looks like there's probably going to be no more games outside the border. So big weekend for the Sooners. We'll keep up with it. Baseball, uh, let's, let's, I know we, we were cut short on time. Let's talk about baseball and where we're at with the, the Sooners. And uh, another, is a bit, it's a big weekend. I thought it'd be a bigger weekend than this because I, I'm surprised at where OU's at right now. Yes, it's, and I think, man, I, I think I've said this sentence since like mid-March, one step forward, one step back with them. Maybe I've, I I might be recalling how we spoke about the men's basketball team, but um, they get their rebound win last week against Wichita State, then drop two of three to Texas Tech uh, on the weekend, then go to Oklahoma State and give up 19 runs. Uh, and so they're back to 519 and 19 as they head to Texas. And, you know, they're 
it's all still in front of them and and that's the, that's the positive thing but the the struggles have been there and, and I think it's that lack of consistency um from the pitching from the offense on the whole that they it's why they're here at 19 and 19 and why maybe those visions of, of them turning it on as they did kind of in mid-April a year ago feel a bit farther fetched this time around because um, the, the pitching they had a year ago, I mean, it's no secret. You, you watch three guys get drafted and try to replace that. It's going to be tough. The offense, the same. I mean, there's plenty of promise, plenty of really exciting arms and, and guys in this lineup. But right, right now, they don't quite have it. So let's see. You know, No better time to turn it on than against a 14th-ranked Texas team. But um, the Sooners are, are probably approaching what would feel like a – I don't want to say a point of no return, but a point where uh, – if, if they don't pick it up soon, those those dreams of, of getting back to another College World Series or even really making a postseason run are, are beginning to fade. Well, Eli, I think uh, we'll leave it at that. We're going to talk again on Sunday. We're going to re rehash the spring game. Uh, we'll have a lot to talk about in a couple of weeks. I'll be out out of, out of pocket next week. So you're the captain and you're going to steer the ship. And let's hope nothing major happens. Uh, last time I did something like this, the SEC change was uh, announced and I was gone. So let's just just keep it. I hope it's all quiet next week. So uh, as always, thanks for watching our podcast. You can catch us on Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever, whatever platform you use. And of course, always keep up with our content at TulsaWorld.com.